I think that it's about people, perseverance, discipline. You know, always being positive, always being thankful to be able to even do what we have done. She's life. Maybe all in. Give it your full heart. It's just the hero's journey. This is How to Fairy Tale. Welcome back to the How to Fairy Tale podcast. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Miranda. Um, we're also here with one of my best friends in the world and just an awesome young man, uh, Jonathan Maloney. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I got the chance to meet Jonathan at the Walt Disney Company. That's where my interaction with him started. Um, but he's uh, now he's working for an airline and he's just doing some really cool stuff. He's also traveled all around the world. Um, so Jonathan, thank you for being here. Tell Before we just jump into everything else, Jonathan, I want to hear one of your the wildest place you've been to and the wildest thing you ate. <clears throat> oh gosh. Um, the wildest place I've been to. Um, I, 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 wildest I'll say furthest away, New Zealand, probably. Um, That's I don't go to, I don't go wild. to wild. I mean, I don't go to wild places, but it's the furthest I've been. Um, and I guess in New Zealand, the wildest place I went to was a place called Mount Sunday, which, uh, okay. for those of you who, like Lord of the Rings, have seen Lord of the Rings, they filmed uh, Edoras, Rohan, at Mount Sunday. So where oh, very cool. and AONR, um, they fil- you can take a tour out there. So from Christchurch, got on like a four-wheel drive Hummer sort of deal, drove all day to get out there. And then they had props, replicas, flags from the movie. So I grabbed King Theoden's sword and slung it over my shoulder. And oh, then so cool. Slept across the river and through some woods and um, up the hill and stood on the top of Mount Sunday, the wind blowing. And um, at the time, I was only wearing flip flops. I don't know what I thought, who I thought <laughs> I was walking around hiking in flip flops through a river, but I did it. Um, and so, yeah, that's probably the wildest place. You know, I don't eat wild things. Um, uh, but holding the Theoden's sword, though, I mean, that's pretty That's pretty cool. Yeah, I held Theoden's sword. They had the Rohan flag there on a pole, so you got to hold the flag on top. It was I, the way I want to go back so badly. Um, but yeah, wild food. I had, uh, this is going to be so lame. I ate gator pizza in Australia once. I mean, that's pretty cool. That is, that's pretty <laughs> so uh, the cool part, I guess, is that it was in Australia. I live in Florida, so I could get gator anywhere here, but I wouldn't get gator in Florida because that thing just came out of the lake out of the backyard. But <laughs> Australia gator, that's a little more exotic. So that is more exotic. That's what I tell myself anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Maloney, one of the things uh, we were just talking about offline is just, I, I feel like you've been able to move from thing to thing with just this sort of attitude of like, I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And I'm not going to, I'm going to block out people that naysayers or just come up with bad reasons not to do something. And you, we, we worked, you worked at Disney for a while and then you jumped to an airline. Now for a lot of people leaving Disney can be difficult because it's such a cool place to work, honestly. So tell me about the journey of like finding your new dream, if you will, or kind of at least finding the next step, even if that's yeah. just the next step. Well, I mean, honestly, it all started when I was uh, 20 years old. So I'm 35 now. So it's been at least 15 years of... You're not 35. You look so good. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you so much. Keep saying things like that. Um, I was uh, 20 years old. My friend in... I was living in 30 minutes north of Atlanta at the time. And my friend had asked me to go with her on this... It was supposed to be called Round the World in 30 Day Trip. And we were going to hit six different continents... Um, and it sounded great. It was going to be very expensive to do. Um, 
it was going to be like $10,000, but I was going to see so many things in 30 days. And I really, I prayed about it. I talked to my friends about it, talked to my family about it. And I didn't really get any clarity because some people were for it. Some were against it. Everyone had their good reasons as to why I should, why I shouldn't. Um, and basically what I ended up doing, because I, I used to be very frozen when it came to making big decisions. I was afraid mm -hmm. to make the wrong one. I was always mm -hmm. like, well, if I, if I make the wrong choice, then it's all going to get derailed. Everything, mm -hmm. my whole life will be ruined with this one choice. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm going to do? Not make any decision at all, mm -hmm. which is bad. Don't do that. Um, Man, so many people, so many people do that. I mean, I've done that. Before. I've done that yeah, too. So, yeah. you, you, you make this decision so big in your head that you freeze up, you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You get in your head about things. And so um, basically what I ended up doing was I, you know, I read, read the Bible every day and I had just been going through reading chapter by chapter. So I was in Ecclesiastes. It was just where I was, where I'd gotten to in that day. And I sat down and I said, God, I'm so confused. I don't know if I should do this. It's expensive. It's a long time. I need you to show me something in here that I have proof positive that this is what I'm meant to do. So I just opened it up to where I was reading, which was Ecclesiastes 11. And I'm going to get it all wrong. But basically, I said, show me what I need to hear. The very first line was, seize life, eat bread with gusto, dress festively, and don't skip on bright colors. And it just kept oh, wow. being like, yeah. do these things. It was like, while you're wow. young, go out and do all the things that you are meant to do. And I can look it up. I got my Bible on here somewhere. But um, it was more, it was just like, there's there's no time basically it's more like more like there's no time at the present mm -hmm. um you're going towards death so since that's where you're headed you might as well do the things mm -hmm. you want to do now and i sat there i mm. said i can't argue with this like yeah. i <laughs> sat down and i said god show me something and the very first mm -hmm. thing i read is seize life eat bread mm -hmm. with gusto and i was like all right well gotcha loud and clear Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up taking out, I had a scholarship with school, so I ended up taking out a student loan, paying for the trip. Then the trip got canceled because only four people in the entire world wow. signed up for it. Wow. So, and I was Whoa. one of those four people that signed up for it. Mm -hmm. And so the company that I booked it through said, hey, we're not doing this trip, not enough interest. However, if you want to do any of our mm -hmm. other trips, just take the money that you've already paid and um, put it towards that. So then I said... Well, where have I always wanted to go? Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to New Zealand. I wanted to go to Australia. Um, and obviously I wanted to go to all the places in Europe. And they had two different trips. One was a 15 day trip of Australia, New Zealand um, that just did the North Island of New Zealand and then went to mm -hmm. all over Australia. And the 35 day trip of Europe went to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, London, Paris, Germany, uh, Switzerland, Spain, um, wow. bunch wow, of places. yeah, yeah uh, tons of places. Um, and, but the, obviously mm -hmm. I wanted, I was a huge Disney fan. I wanted to go to Disneyland, Japan. I yeah. wanted to go to Disneyland, Paris. Um, I wanted to go to Ireland cause I, Ireland wasn't on my Europe trip. And mm -hmm. I was like, I've got three weeks mm -hmm. between these two trips. I can either go back home for those three weeks or I can take those three weeks and, do the places I want to do on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to do that. So I left Australia, left the trip where I met lifelong friends. So I met these guys wow. in 2008. Um, Paul, you know, Matt and Kate. Yeah. Um, I met them on that trip. They're a huge part of my life now. I go visit them multiple times a year. We go to Disneyland. Um, they live out near Anaheim. 
left everybody, went back to New Zealand by myself for the South mm -hmm. Island, which is where I did Edoras, went to Disneyland, Tokyo by myself, then which you think you know what it's like in a country that English isn't even a character. I walked out of my hostel in Japan and I looked to my left and I looked to my right and I said, I have no idea which way to go. I can't read anything. Yeah. And so I just mm -hmm. guessed. And I was 20 years old, had never been traveled by myself, scared as all get out. Anyway, went to Ireland by yeah. myself, went to Paris, Disneyland by myself, then joined my 35 day trip of Europe and then came home. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think- So you did them both? <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I did. I did it all. <laughs> I love it. We love yeah. it. Listen to this one. I'll just do them both. Yeah. Yeah. I was gone for 60 days total wow. by, my, by wow. myself at 20 years old, which wow. I'm 35 now. So thinking of a 20 year old going off mm -hmm. around the world by themselves, I'm like, are you insane? Yeah. Um, but I think having done that is what set me on the course to want to become a, a tour guide for Kentucky. So for mm -hmm. those three years, I did cross country road trips as the tour guide for mm -hmm. groups of 45 Australians uh, from LA to New York City. Um, and then from that is what led me to wanting to become a flight attendant. Um, and so, yeah, each step led to the next step. Had I not been, had I not gone on that round the world trip, I never would have thought of being a tour guide as a job. Had I not mm -hmm. been a tour guide, I would never have mm -hmm. realized that, um, how much I do genuinely love traveling, exploring new cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. challenging myself and going out and seeing things. And um, so, yeah, I mm -hmm. think every decision lead, led me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and it's just trusting yourself and trusting that you can do it. Trusting that like, you know what, this is scary. This is uh, exciting. This is new. But if, even if it all falls apart, I'm capable of handling it if it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. When you were, so I'm assuming that you, you got on the plane, you flew over and then you met up with the group kind of where you were, once you got off the plane. So you had that whole plane ride kind of by yourself. Was there a time when you were like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, let me just get back on a plane home when I land, you know, like, did you think of just kind of, you know, not going through with it? No, once I, once I made the decision, mm -hmm. the scariest part for me was actually pulling the trigger and making the trigger, decision. Right. Once I'd made yeah. it, I think I got a little scared at the airport because my mom, right. my dad, and my stepmom all dropped me off and obviously mm -hmm. can't come through security with you. Right. And so my mom started crying yeah. as I went through security. And um, but yeah, the scariest part for me was the am I gonna do this? Am I gonna spend mm -hmm. this money and commit to this decision? And right. then once I made that decision, that was it. And I was like, I made the decision, yeah. it's happening, I'm not gonna be convinced otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I think it's so wild to me that it took that to ever think of you as ever being scared to do something mm -hmm. is so wild to me. Like to, to ever imagine that because like I didn't I met you you know a few years into that uh, your sort of new philosophy there I guess. Um, and if if someone hasn't met you, that's uh, there's very few people in the world I think that haven't met you. Is it the way I, I see it? Because to me, you're it's just so wild to me to think that you hadn't thought of being a tour guide because you're the kind of person I've always said this about Jonathan. If if the Pope um, Trump, Putin, and a bunch of people walked out and Jonathan Maloney was there, there would be a bunch of people in the crowd that go, who are all those people with Jonathan Maloney? Yeah. Like they wouldn't <laughs> know who those people were. Like some of the most visible, you know, maybe even villainous people in the world and still like everyone would know you before they knew them because you're just like the kind of person that makes everyone feel like a friend. Um, I don't think you've ever met a stranger that you weren't willing to like strike up a conversation with. I, I remember uh, one time 
we were uh, we were in San Francisco. It happened to be on my birthday together. <laughs> and you were like, you were like, hey, Paul, what do you want to do for your birthday? I was like, I don't know. And you're like, how about you, we go on like a tour of, the, of, you know, like the Bay, San Francisco. I was like, okay. And we were passing by a dock and you like walked up to the like captain of or somebody of one of the ships and you happen to like know them and, and you you were like hey can you get me and my buddy on like this afternoon for like free and you sure enough there i am on my birthday like on the boat somewhere because you happen to know them like i just i don't know you know everybody on planet earth is what, yeah. how i think about you well yeah. oh go ahead well i was gonna say one of my philosophies is just always try people are so afraid mm-hmm. of the word no mm-hmm. and like that is not a scary word like if the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to tell me I can't do this, all right, fine. At least I tried. But more mm-hmm. often than not, when I ask for something, I I get it. I don't know mm-hmm. why people are so afraid of that. See, that's why that happened. Because I was like, I'll go ask. What are you yeah. going to do? But the yeah. fact that you knew him, like you just happened to know, like, I was like, <laughs> how do you know all these people, Jonathan? Like we were in the middle of a state neither one of us lived in. And you, yeah, you're like, yeah, I know the guy over here. Like, Hang on one second. Let me take care of this. <laughs> um, When you were, you know, when you think back to like when you were a little kid, what, what did you see yourself doing when you grew up? Oh, um, honestly, I, for the longest time, I wanted to be, um, a teacher. I was going to, I was, I wanted, I started, I started my, my college, um, with an English education major. Mm. Um, and I did that for probably the first two years of college Mm -hmm. going down Mm -hmm. that track. And I think, I realized one, I like reading books, but I don't like grammar. Like I don't yeah. like diagramming sentences and then teaching people how to diagram sentences. Right, right. That to me wasn't anything that I was getting excited about. And then I also realized from substitute teaching that I don't have the patience for these children. <laughs> I right. would say things that I ought not say, like sit down, <laughs> you're being stupid. And that would get <laughs> right. me quickly taken away so um, (laughs) but I thought about being a teacher for a while Mm -hmm. and it was the same sort of thing I had this moment I used to really be obsessed with live with Regis and Kelly I loved Mm -hmm. Regis Philbin so much Uh. I loved his philosophy and he also I think in this it was all this whole transition happened at the same time because I was watching the show and um it was the same summer that I was going to do this trip and he was talking about how he one, he went into the service and then he was leaving and his general or his commander, someone was like, what are you going to do when you get off the boat? And Rich was like, Ooh, I don't know. I kind of always wanted to be on television, but I don't know if I'm good enough. And then the sergeant said to him, general, whatever it was, said, don't you know that you can do anything you want in this world if you want it badly enough? Hmm. And then he goes, do you want it? And then Regis was quiet. And the general said, do you want it? And we're just like, yes, I want it. And he said, go get it. And so we just went off the boat, went oh. to LA, made a contact at a radio station and started as a stagehand that very day. Hmm. And he told wow. this story wow. as I was starting to struggle with my communication degree versus my mm-hmm. English education degree. And it seemed very scary at the time, switching degrees, you know, midstream. But I was like, I, I think I want to go into communications and I want mm-hmm. to pursue media and radio and um, hopefully television. So that's kind of, I switched to communication media studies and that was mm-hmm. the same year that I made the decision to go on that round the world trip too. Mm-hmm. And then I got a job at a radio station and I was hosting a show on air in Atlanta and oh. realized that it was too cutthroat and backstabby. And I was like, I'm just trying to have a good time with some people. I ain't trying to get my back stabbed. So I <laughs> yeah, but that's so, that's so interesting, Jonathan. Um, and 
I think when people look at you, they're like, oh, he does have a good time with people, you know, like that is, that's what you do. And, but I know that there's also a lot of hard work that's probably gone into getting where you are. Is that true? Or, I mean, you know, cause your life, I don't know. I don't want to say it looks easy, but you make it look effortless. So, but I know on the flip side, there probably is a lot of hard work. So how, I guess, you know, what's gone into all that to make that possible. Yeah. I think the hardest thing that I have done um, was when I went to the training to be the, the cross-country tour guide for a company mm-hmm. called Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because of my, this is going to sound um, big-headed, but because of my personality, I usually, things are pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, um, I, first of all, I had an interview for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And the very final interview, they wanted me to come out to California mm-hmm. and um, interview in person. And mm-hmm. I was obviously working seasonal at Disney. I was uh, broke, very, very broke. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I ended up posting on Facebook. I was like, hey, um, I've got 1,200 Facebook friends. Obviously, this is 2014 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'm very, very broke, but if every one of my friends on Facebook just sends me a single dollar, I will mm-hmm. have enough money to buy this plane ticket and go out for this interview so I can have this job mm-hmm. that I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. which, A, was scary in itself because no one likes to be mm-hmm. that person begging and asking for money. Right. Right. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so it was like 2000, I think it was 14 or 15, and um, I had posted on Facebook if every one of you, there's 1,200 of you, if you each don't need a dollar, I'll have enough money to go do this, um, go to this interview. And I yeah. didn't think it was actually going to work. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, what's See the life of gusto? Yeah, exactly. I was like, what's the worst that will happen? I'll get ignored. Maybe somebody will say something mean about how I shouldn't be begging for money on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll at least try it. I ended up raising about $650 just wow. on that, bought the plane ticket, went out to interview, got the job. Wow. Uh, they hired me on the spot when I was out there. Wow. Um, but then the hardest thing that's ha- that that training was massively it. I, I still have PTSD from it because um, <laughs> the very first day, like I'd done, I'd been a tour guide, like for a smaller company the year prior. Mm-hmm. So I was driving mm-hmm. a van with a trailer attached camping. So it wasn't like anything serious. So I thought I had an understanding of what being a tour guide was going to be. But then uh, the very first day of training, we were mm-hmm. in LA. So they didn't take us out on the road yet. Mm-hmm. But they put it, they put, um, they printed out pictures of each of the hotels on the Las Vegas Strip and put them mm-hmm. on the wall. And then wanted us to like, give a history talk or give a city tour based on what we knew and me thinking that, I, Oh, I've done this. I know what this is. I just raised my hand. I said, yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> Easy. No problem. Yeah. So yeah. I got up and I was like, okay, well that over there is the Excalibur hotel. That over there is the MGM. And I went on for probably about five minutes and the supervisor stopped, goes, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. If all you're going to do is tell us the names of these hotels, you're wasting our time. Don't come back up here until. Wow until you know something else because you're wasting your time step back down Mm -hmm. and I was like (gasps) like I thought I was going yeah so because I was like what and then that's how it was the entire time we went on the road two days later 
wow. and they took us to all the spots we went on tour. So we went to Las Vegas, went to Durango, mm -hmm. Colorado, went to Albuquerque, New Mexico, went to mm -hmm. Fort Worth, Dallas, Miami, Memphis. And as we were traveling between locations, we were frantically studying, writing, trying to put together our own uh, city tours and history talks about these places that we didn't know anything about. And if we got up there on the microphone and started talking about um, where, we, they, where we were going, what we're seeing, and we didn't know the information that they wanted us to know, which by the way, they wouldn't tell us what they wanted us to know. They just wanted us to see what we would come up with. Then they'd be like, this is bad. This was like, here's the good example. In Las Vegas, we're supposed to do a surprise where uh, the tour guide knows that we're taking the whole bus to do an Elvis wedding at a chapel in Vegas. So, but we don't want them, it's a surprise. We don't want them to know yeah. that it's happening. So yeah. we have to do this like, oh, I have to get off the coach. And the way our uh, supervisor did it was that she faked getting sick when she was gonna go vomit. So she leaves and we're like, what's going on? Then we do the fake wedding. And mm -hmm. so me being who I am, I don't want to copy anybody. I don't want to right. be the same. And I want it to make it unique to who I am. Obviously, right. we all know I love Taylor Swift. And so <laughs> I love I, that. I, is that new information? Uh, I'll tell you more <laughs> about that later then. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, the supervisor got sick. I'm going to pretend that I have seen Taylor Swift on the street in Vegas, which would never happen. But in my mind, these are Australians. What do they know about where Taylor Swift walks, where she doesn't walk? So I run along and I'm doing the city tour, which is going very well. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, you guys. And then I look at the driver. You've got to stop the coach. You've got to stop. I was like, I, I just saw Taylor Swift out there. I got to, I'm so sorry, you guys. And I did this whole bit, but I was very proud of. I was like, you know, it's unique to me. Yeah. It's, it's if I saw Taylor on the street as I was doing this, would I fully make the coach driver stop in the middle of my tour and be like, sorry guys, gotta go? 100% I would do that. So I did that and the supervisor goes, I hated that. Like she turns around and looks at me, I hated that. That was so stupid. That would never wow. happen. And I was like, wow. this is like day four or five of training. Wow. And I had like 35, 40 days of training and wow. every day was the same yeah. thing. Like, wow. this is bad you're not doing good enough. And I felt mm -hmm. it was like, I'm not going to make this. And the only reason mm -hmm. I didn't leave, the only reason I didn't leave training, because it was very, I was mm -hmm. uh, very sensitive, is because <laughs> I had all these people who had donated yeah. to my plane to ticket. get you there. I couldn't let them do yeah. If it had just yeah. been me, I would have been like, screw this. I hate this. Mm -hmm. It's not worth mm -hmm. it. But I was like, no, mm -hmm. I these people gave me money so I could go get mm -hmm. this job. I have to keep mm -hmm. going. Even if I don't pass at the end, they say we don't want you. I can't give up. I have to keep yeah. going. But Jonathan, that same like, thing happened. Exact same thing happened to me on my big trip from Colorado to Florida where I took the moped, right? I took oh, the moped yeah, yeah. eight days. I'm, I'm two days into the trip or no, I'm a day into the trip. The first day I have to go 250 miles. I got 30, 30 out of 250. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. It's stupid. It's colder than and I'm going home. I call my dad. He goes, Paul, we have a whole coffee shop of people. We put your video up on the video screen. So the whole coffee shop can see you. He's like, everyone is rooting for you. A newspaper came in here, like a local newspaper to write a story about you. He's like, you got to keep going. Cause everyone else is like, betting on you essentially and he's like if you're gonna turn around don't turn around today you'll be real embarrassed like at least wait a couple of days and that really was like i was like okay i can't because other people are like 
they're they're thinking I'm gonna do it. If they hadn't been for them, I promise you would turn around. So I totally I get that. When it's somebody else that's like counting on you, it's has a different meaning to it. But anyways. Yeah, no, it was hard. It was the it was the hardest thing I've ever I'd ever done. And I'm glad I did it. I'm a better person for it. And I'm better at for better or worse, it's prepared me for when I go to other cities now as a flight attendant mm. or just when I'm visiting. I have so much confidence in myself to be able to find what's the fun things to do? What do I need to do in this city? Where is there a bathroom? Where is there an ATM? Where is there a drugstore? Like, how, and I know how to find these places. Um, like I, and the things I still remember, we were in New Orleans for 4th of July and Meredith, it was Meredith Ethan and Meredith had, um, was getting blisters on her shoes or on our feet. And I was like, there's a CVS up here. We can get band-aids there. Cause I just knew, well, cause I remember yeah. the CVS being there from my training day. So it was just yeah. wild. Um, but yeah, so that's probably the hardest thing is, is I think the hardest thing is, is figuring out that you are capable. I think we go through life being told so many times by so many people that we aren't capable, that we can't do this, that we shouldn't do these things. And I think the hard work really is fighting through and, and believing ourselves that we are capable, that we can do these things. And there's so many ways to not believe that. But I think that once we make the decision for other people or not, like, no, I have to do this. I have to get through. Then you see, oh, I can get through this. And I did do it. And then it's like, well, what else can I do then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the next thing you think, right? Is like, oh, I yeah, this was supposedly so hard and maybe even talk yourself up that it was so difficult. You make the decision, you do the thing, you get through the hard thing and then you're like, oh, wow, I'm actually capable of a lot more than I thought. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what oh. leads me to making such good, so many, I'm so decisive now mm-hmm. that I'm like, and, and fearless <laughs> now. Because I'm, I'm, I've seen what I can do, what I have done, what I continue to do with, and if I make the wrong decision or if the decisions that I make end poorly, it's not the end of the world. I just figure it out. But like, I think yeah. before I'd be like, mm, well, guess I'm gonna go home because I don't know what I'm doing. Gotta go. Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah. Gotta go. But now I'm like, nope. Okay. Here's plan B, plan C, <laughs> plan D. Yeah. I've got whatever plan I'm able to fix and figure it out. But that took so much hard work, took so much therapy. Um, But yeah, that's. I think that's wild. You did so many things that I think so many people, I think particularly young people struggle with. First of all, you dealt with like the indecision, indecision, you know, and like Mm -hmm. freezing up, Mm -hmm. faced with a big decision to go on this trip, to not go on this trip, like their first one. And that freezes a lot of people up. Like, do I go, do I go to this college or not? Do I date this person? Do I not? Do I do I take this jump into this business? And like, they freeze up and they end up making no decision, right? Which is like the worst. The worst decisions. one is yeah. you can not take some control over your life, even if you make the wrong decision. It's better than not making any decision. You know, then you can be well, like, oh, that was yeah. Not making a decision is making a decision. You're choosing yeah, yeah, to let mm-hmm. life happen to you mm-hmm. instead of you taking charge of your own life. That's mm-hmm. the, I mean, that's the decision you're making when you decide not to decide, then you're just going to let, you're just laying down, letting the river flow over you instead of being on top of it and choosing which way you paddle. No, that's so true. I mean, yeah, you did that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What would you say to other people? Like, is there any advice you have about like when they're at that moment of indecision, when they have maybe two great options or just an option they could do? And that's, it's a big one. What, what do you say to that person? I think, Ultimately, I think you really have to 
trust yourself. I think ultimately you are the only person that knows A, what you want, B, um, what's best for you. And if you choose to ask other people, you know, make sure that the people that you trust, make sure that they're people that, um, that you love and that love you back. But I think ultimately, like, no one's in charge. No one's in control except for you. You're the only person that gets to make any decision. And I guess, yeah, just making no decision is making a decision. You're, dis yeah. you're choosing to not captain the ship. Yeah. And you're letting someone else for mm -hmm. ABCD reasons, captain mm -hmm. the ship when the best thing for you is to grab the steering wheel and say, where do I want to go? What do mm -hmm. I want to do? But mm -hmm. I think it goes back to we're all have been conditioned to think that we're not capable, that we're not able mm -hmm. to make those decisions. We're not smart mm -hmm. enough. We're not wise enough. We're not, there's so many reasons why we think that we're not able mm -hmm. or capable and yeah. the real work is fighting through that and saying, no, I am capable. I do know what I want. Yeah. I don't, I do know who I am and where I want to go. Mm -hmm. That might change tomorrow, mm -hmm. but that's okay. If it does, that's yeah. okay. Change. Yeah. Do something yeah. different. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good point. And I think one thing that's really cool about you is you're really good at recognizing the best in other people and like helping other people. And um, you seem to just really, you love people and you find the best in them. And then you kind of just push them to be that best version of themselves. So how do you do that? Like, how did you get good at that? And how do you think about like, is that something you consciously think of or just kind of something you're good at? Um, it, it definitely started when I uh, went to therapy. I was, I was in therapy for two years. Um, I had moved to Orlando right after college, was there for a year and three months, um, was sad, was lonely, wasn't making any friends. Um, it wasn't understanding why I wasn't making any friends. Um, made the decision to move to New York to be a flight attendant for a small airline. Um, moved to New York, was there for three months, Hated it up there too. It was cold. And then when I was up there, I kept trying to go back to Disney and work seasonal hours and be with my people down there. But I had sworn I was never going back to Orlando. That place was horrible and I hated it. He says that he lives in Orlando for the last seven years. Um, and then I moved back to Georgia. Uh, my mom had a house that she wasn't living in. So I moved into that house and I was there for two years. And I said, let me take this time to figure myself out, figure out what's making me tick. Why am I unhappy everywhere I go? Um, and I started going to therapy and I just realized like, there were so many things that had been put on me growing up from, you know, my parents, from teachers, from um, people in church, just all kinds of things that weren't true, that were making me think that people didn't like me, that people didn't want me around, that I was a bad person, um, that I wasn't worthy of being loved, that mm -hmm. I wasn't a man. You know what I mean? Like just all mm -hmm. kinds of things. And going through therapy and talking every day and when something would come up, not um, fighting to hold the emotion back, but letting myself feel my feelings, um, letting myself say, it's okay that I, these feelings are here. These feelings are here. And that, that just is what it is. The feelings are here. 
Um, and it's okay that they're here. And then finding people that uh, loved and accepted me, even with my big feelings, even with my sometimes crazy responses to things when I let myself feel the things that I felt and think the things that I thought, then I was, I found myself surrounded by people who liked the things that I felt and liked the things that I thought. And then I saw what I had been going through in other people, particularly in other men. Yeah. And I was able to be like, I recognize this. I yeah. know why you're behaving the way you're behaving and why you're locking yourself in different sort of um, prisons of your own making, because I did that. And I, you know, obviously I think everyone should go to therapy and um, it was so helpful, but it did, it helped me be like, I see all of these people, particularly men who are shutting themselves up in prisons of their own design. And I like, and this is gonna sound so cheesy, but like I did that too and I got a key. So now if I love these other people, particularly men, that I can start trying to help them unlock. And I think it mm -hmm. was, I think for me, part of it was obviously I wanted to help my friends, but also in helping my friends, I was also helping myself because I had, um, or I was able to like build brotherhood of people who were also opening the gates and opening the prisons. And because I was able to help myself by going to therapy and unlocking myself, the men that I was also able to be like, hey, come out of that prison well, that they that made them love me more, which made me feel like oh, I am lovable, I am acceptable, I am all these things that I had been told for so long that I wasn't. Um. So I don't know what the original question was, but there you go. That's a fun answer. Yeah, that was a great. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's that a great, great answer. And I think that's so true. I mean, having lived with you and stuff, it's cool. Like thinking back to the Wolf Den where we lived, we've uh, everyone most people went off and really did something that they wanted to do with their life from there. And it's just really cool because you were such an integral, uh, part of that and like helping people. Like I always think of you saying, dig, you do this like little motion, you like dig, dig, dig. You always dig at people, not, not dig at people. You dig to try to find what mm -hmm. is going on with them really in the core. Mm -hmm. And, um, you take a very conscious effort. It's very clear from people around you. Uh, and I've tried to learn from that of like, okay, how would Jonathan handle this conversation? You talk to someone and they give you the answer, but then there's like another answer usually underneath that, right? There's like another layer. And if you really care about someone in the right context, it's it's good to try to go a little deeper with them and try to like help them explore why they're doing what they're doing or, or what's going on. Um, not in like a way to fix them and you never make people feel that way. You do it because you're like, I love you and I want to help. Maybe, maybe we can work through this together. And you do that so well with people. Um, and that does help people find mm -hmm. what they want to do in their life because it unlocks, like you said, like little things mm -hmm. in their life, right? Helps them reconnect with who they want to be and mm -hmm. get rid of stuff that maybe just kind of crept up and stuck onto them for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. So many people think that there is a version of themselves that should exist. And if I could just twist this or hammer that, then that person that should exist will magically appear and will be the person that I want to be. But the more that you try to flip the switch, hammer the nail, that person that you think in your mind should exist isn't there. That person that should, quote unquote, be there doesn't exist. And I think that what needs to happen is love the person that's there. I am who I am. I make the choices that I make. Um, some good, some bad, but I'm never going to be that idealized version of myself that, you know, X, Y, Z person 
organization structure said I should be. But what I am going to be is the best version of myself. And um, I think that's particularly for men, men have this idea. If I am not financially successful, if I am not married by 28, if I don't have the white picket fence and the flower boxes, if my wife can't stay at home, then I'm a failure. And I'm like, that, who, who told you? Who said that? <laughs> like, where did that idea of what success looks like, like, says who? But there's so many men, I feel like, that, that, suffer because they are trying to get to that place where that's what they want and that's who they want to be mm. and they think that they're going to be broken until they get to that spot and it's like love who's there the person that's here that actually exists i'm so much more interested and i love that version because he's real because he's here yeah versus no, the person that you think you want to be that person who cares about that guy he's not real well, and I think that's interesting. Kind of loop back um, as we as we wrap up here towards what you said in the beginning when you open you opened up the, uh, to that verse that says like seize life with gusto and like you know wear the bright colors and all this stuff. And like I was like that's that's what I think of of you. Like that's how I would have described Jonathan Maloney as a person who does these things. And and so for anyone to have told you or you to have thought you shouldn't be that person is so bizarre to me. Cause I'm like, no, that's who Jonathan is. Like he's, he's bright colors and he's like so much fun to be around and he's a little wild. And the fact that if you can find who you're like, who you were made to be, you know, like who that person is like, and unlock that as opposed to like this picture that we've created, but like, who's really there. I think that's cause that's to me, that's who you are. It's like, once you figure that out, you're like, Oh, I'm going to go on this trip because that spoke to you because that's who you are. And then when you did that, that just unlocked who Jonathan Maloney is. He's this amazing fun loving guy that like inspires and encourages other people. And too often, um, you know, there's a story of this, I remember this guy who helped coach one of the, um, an Olympic team of ping pongers. And he, he came in, they had all these problems, right. And he comes in and they had these issues, like they weren't good at defense and offense and all this different stuff. And he said, what are you guys best at? And he found out what they were best at was scoring with this certain way of scoring. And instead of focusing on any of the stuff they were bad at, he skipped it. The only thing they were allowed to practice was that one thing they were already really great at. And then they come home and take the gold. And the point was, is like, find who you, who you are, as opposed to like who you, like you said, should be right. And you can unlock that and shine that person up and like, polish that a little bit and maybe really make that come out and that could be and you realize that with kids like some of my kids they're just made a certain way man i mean like yeah some of them make some goofy decisions and you gotta like help work on that but um only has a very particular personality and for me to like force her not to like horses or tell her to like not run around the house and sing like that would just like kill her i mean that would just kill her you know and we do that to ourselves sometimes i think mm -hmm. oh all the time yeah i think I don't know. I, it, and that, but that's the hard work, right? The hard work is figuring yeah. out mm -hmm. who, who am I? What do I want? What calls to me in this universe? And then being okay with that, being mm -hmm. okay with not being like taking off all the layers of, of, of junk that people have put on you that doesn't come from you or from God or from any positive thing. And then finding at the core who am I and what mm -hmm. calls to me? What makes, mm -hmm. what makes my heart join with the universe and, and sing? Mm -hmm. um, but that's the hard work. And there's no, there's no, God, wouldn't I make a, a million dollars if I could mm -hmm. give you the path 
the the path walk to get to that, but I it's different for every person. So, yeah. What, what would you say? Just uh, one question on that. Um, what is the difference between? So you were at Kentucky, for instance, and there was like a mm-hmm. difficult part that you did have to work through that helped unlock something really cool. You got to. I mean, you were a fantastic tour guide, and you made. Uh, good money doing that for a while. If it wasn't your lifelong dream to do that forever, it was good for a while. And I know for me, there was a point pushing through to get to Disney World was important. I had to get through training, which I was awful. I can't act at all. Like that took me a long time to get there. What do you think the difference between like working on things you should work on, right? Like, okay, I I really should be like my, the, and my instructor's telling me this, I got to work on this as an, I'm going to help me act versus this isn't me and I just really don't need to be involved. Ooh, that's good. Like, how do you know the difference there? Um, I I think it, I think again, it all comes down to knowing what it is you want. If you want to be an actor, then you've got to work on that. If you want to be a tour guide, you've got to work on that. If you want to be, Mm. um, Ooh, that's interesting though. Okay. Hold on. Because I was going to say, if you want to be the man who, uh, is financially successful, has a a nice job, nice house, nice wife, nice kids, white picket fence, flower boxes, all that stuff, then you work towards that. But then I guess that's where it boils down. You got to figure out if that's what you really want, because if that's not what you really want, then you won't work towards that. Then you'll feel like a failure because you're not arriving Mm, at that place that Mm. you think Mm -hmm. you want to be at. So you've got to figure out, Mm -hmm. you've got to, so yes, I was right. I was correct. You got to know what you want. I it's like there. the Regis question. Like, is this yeah. really what you want? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hmm. So I guess that's it. But that's that's it, right? We a lot of times don't know what we want. I mean, I do, but uh, a lot of times other people don't know <laughs> what it is they truly want, or they're afraid of what it is they truly want, hmm. or they think uh, people will think poorly of them for what hmm. they truly want. But that's the stuff you got to throw off, and you just gonna be like, no, what? what do I want? What makes me happy? And sometimes mm-hmm. that journey is, is like, um, one of my friends just got hired back at Disney, um, in entertainment doing, uh, something he's done for years. And he has been saying, that's not what he wants, not what he wants, but he had his interview today and he was so excited, so happy Mm, and he yeah. hates it. I think I think he feels like he shouldn't want these things. I think he feels like he shouldn't, but he does. And that's okay that he does. It's okay that it makes him happy, you know? So I don't know. It's just being okay with wanting what you want when, when you want it. And if your wants change, yeah. then letting yourself let go of the things that you wanted yesterday to pursue the things you want today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Go ahead. Oh, I I wanted to ask you one more question on that. How do how do people find out what they want? Um, I think the answer is simpler than we think. I think at the core we know what we want, but that's at the bottom, right? And then we have so many layers on top. What will people say about this? What will people think about this? This is not what I said I mm-hmm. wanted yesterday. So now, what does that mean for me? that I said yesterday, I didn't want this, but now today I do want this. But I think yeah. all those things are, are things that ultimately are distractions and take you away. Because yeah. right now in this moment, what you want is to be a flight attendant, to be a tour guide, to be mm-hmm. a radio host, to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but that was, that was yesterday and today's today. And maybe tomorrow you'll change your mind again. Um, 
but I think it's just trusting your gut. I think it's, it's getting down to the core of it and then knowing, I think it's just knowing like that maybe doesn't sound like a, a, a good or a right answer, but I think it's, I think everyone at their core knows who they are and what they want, yeah. but they that's don't really pursue interesting. it yeah. because <laughs> of every other layer that's on top. And who knows, there mm-hmm. could be a mountain of layers on top of what it is yeah. you really want. So before you can actually get to what it is you want, you've got to go, you know, dig down mm-hmm. past all yeah. the layers. What's stopping me from doing this thing that actually makes me happy? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's so interesting because I think we we think, oh, I need to go discover what I really want. And basically what you're saying is what you really want has already been there the whole time. We've just covered it up with maybe expectations or, you know, what culture thinks that we should do or what we think we should do or what we think we shouldn't do. You know, um, you're just kind of getting rid of all that garbage that's on top of what you already had in the first place. Yeah. I think so. At the at the core of us, we're still those little kids who are running in the world, wide-eyed, in awe of everything, being called to by the universe, being called to by God, saying, that's great. That makes me happy. I like to sing. I like uh, theater. I like Disney. And then we get older and we're told that's silly, that's stupid, that won't pay your bills. Um that won't lead to where you want to go. So then you think, well, now I got to go wear a suit and tie at an office Monday through Friday, nine to five. Uh, I've got to yeah. provide for my family. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that that ultimately is what makes people hit 40, 50, 60 and say, mm-hmm. what have I done yeah. with my life? Yeah. Like this is, I'm, I've not been happy at all. Whereas me, I'm like, hey, I work at Disney <laughs> World. I'm yeah. a flight attendant. I'm going to travel. I've got friends who live here. I want to go see yeah. Also, side shot, I think ultimately life is about being surrounded by the people that you love and that love you back. And I think that's another thing that's driven me to be a flight attendant is because that helps me get to the people that I love who also love me. So I think um, figuring out who those people are and how to um, nourish those relationships and help them grow in spite of distance in spite of big life changes um i think that's another component like you can be i could be doing something i don't want to do i worked at papa john's delivering pizza for a year a little over a year during the pandemic um and that was what i was doing at the time but i was still surrounded by people that i loved me and ethan would go on 20 mile bike rides um you know i mean like you would just yeah. I think you can, I think you can, circumstances are circumstances, but I think, um, I knew I wasn't going to be at Papa John's for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and I could deal with it as long as I was able to then do what I wanted outside of yeah. the job that was paying my bills for the time. Yeah. 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 That, that makes well, sense. and getting honest with yourself, even Bob Goff talks about that. He's like, just write it down what you want. And he, and it's like, um, in his book, dream big, he goes, it's okay. Cause you know, you are reading Bob Goff's book. And so it's easy to be like, okay, I should probably want to start an orphanage and start, uh, you know, helping the poor. And he's like, if you want to make a million dollars, he's like, write that down. He's like, just start there. He's like, you can work and refine it the, the next few weeks. He's like, but at the beginning of the book, he's like, I don't care, but he's like, you got to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, even if what you want doesn't sound great, he's like, go ahead and write that down. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really good 
it's really good advice because you can start there and then you can start to go through those layers. Maybe, maybe why do you want a million dollars? It's like, well, because of blah, blah, blah. And you'll probably get to something a little, it might be a little cooler than wanting just to, to get rich, but, um, he has nothing wrong with wanting to be rich. Nothing wrong with wanting to be rich. Um, and I just think it's, uh, it's interesting. Even he says, I was like, no, just Mm -hmm. be honest, like try to be as honest as you can right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that, that's how you start. Mm-hmm. One way you can start getting those layers is try to be as honest as you possibly can right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the layer that you're at. Maybe, maybe there's more underneath it. Maybe not, but mm-hmm. you can at least try. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Like, like yeah. to that point, if you're wanting to be, yeah, if you want to be a millionaire, I think then ask yourself, well, why do you want to be a millionaire? What's driving that? And then I think, yeah, you'll figure out, okay, I want to be a millionaire because X, Y, Z. And then you could ask yourself, well, why do I want X, Y, Z? And you keep going down and you you finally yeah. figure out what it is yeah. that's driving that thing on the top. But yeah, it's always it's always something else, something that you don't think that it is. It's always, I I can't imagine anyone's really going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, I want to be a millionaire. And that's yeah. all there is. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason why. Like, the reason yeah. I want to travel... It's because I want to see everything that God has made. There is so much here on this planet. And if you don't go outside your front door, you're going to miss so much. I'm going to miss so much. So I want to make sure that I see the things that God has made here while I'm here. Mm. But that's why I want to travel. That's And I, I yeah. also want, obviously want to go to see you guys. And I want to go to California. See my friends out there. But like, it's not just, oh, I want to travel. It's like, I don't know, I want to travel because I want to learn. I want to see. I want to grow. Yeah, yeah. And and I think um, one of the things that's really interesting is everyone says, like, you hear this all the time, like, to your point earlier, like, well, you should go get a job because, like, there's no money in that, right? Like, uh, you should go get a, a, real jo- a real job, right? And what I think is interesting is everyone is, I've heard that all the, I've heard like recently last couple of years, like don't tell your kid that they can be a baseball player or whatever, because like so few people. And I'm just like, I literally, all of my friends did something that supposedly is not a real job. Like Ben is a stuntman. Like Timmy is a, like a children's book artist. Like you travel the world essentially for a living. I mean, sure. You had to find a way to make that actually logistically work, but that's literally what you do. You travel around and meet people, which is who Jonathan is. Like if I had to say what's a perfect job for Jonathan, I'd say someone who just travels around and like talks to people. That's literally what you do. I mean, that's like, that's like your job. And so I find it really, I don't like it when people say that stuff to kids and like, well, very few people are gonna get to be a baseball player. And I'm like, yes, some people are actually baseball players though. That is, that is the truth. And, um, I know I personally have a list of my friends that have done all of those things that supposedly don't make any money. My wife was a professional dancer. I mean, like she got paid to dance, which is what she wanted to do. And, um, it's just like that, that guy asked Regis, you know, like, do you really want to do this? Um, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a saying, uh, the, the woods would be a lonely place if only the, the birds that sing best sang at all. You don't have to be Misty Copeland to be a professional dancer. I mean, you know, you don't, yeah, there's only one Misty Copeland, but there's a lot of, there's, there's Miranda Fair and there's a lot of other people that are dancers that have done very well and are beautiful to watch and have done a great job. Um, and so I, uh, I think it's really silly when people say that, like, well, there's no money in that. I'm like, I have a list of things that will prove that wrong. That is not true. There, there is a way to do that and make, and, you know, make a living because you got to pay the bills, but I have a list of people that will disprove that. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's just so many people. I think we all as a, as a society are, are suffering 
and struggling with the, the new way that things are. Um, but I don't think because, you know, financially inflation and um, the, what's it called when the stock market goes down? Stock a recession. Crash. We're a in recession. A recession. <laughs> okay. um, I was like, obviously, I care a lot about finances because here I am. <laughs> yes, Jonathan, the economist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's so easy to be like, well, you know, I got to do X, Y, Z, I guess, because things are bad. But I'm like, no, I'm still going to continue to do what I want to do. And I'm going to figure out a way to make that work because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's my life. I only get one shot at it. And um, I don't want to get to the end of it, whenever that is, and say, man, I really feel like I squandered the time that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like at this point, I could die right now and feel fine. <laughs> like I have done lots and lots and lots of really cool things. Mm-hmm. But I know there's so many people and just uh, friends of mine who feel like they, if they were to go right now, they would say, I wasted my time. I truly mm. wasted the mm-hmm. time that I had. Mm. And I just don't want to be one of them. Yeah. I I love what you said. Um, you know, somebody said to us, like, um, I went to grad school like 10 days after we got married and I chose not to take a job at the end of it. Not because I didn't have an option to do it. You know, I was like, you know what? I've learned about this. If I take one of these jobs, that means I'm going to be working 80 hours a week you know, gone from Paul all of the time. And somebody said to me, they said, well, it's nice that you didn't have to work the job. And I, you know, they said like some, a lot of people needed the money. And I, I didn't say this at the time, but like we had like negative, I don't know, $20,000 or something, you know, like we had no money and we would have been in that situation where we did need the job, you know, but that was a strategic choice that we made because I was like, you know what, there are other ways to figure this out. And mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to work together like we do now, you know, like we neither, both of us are able to like be home with our kids, as you can hear, <laughs> you know, most of the time, like, and um, we wouldn't, we intentionally set our life up that way, you know? So I think a lot of people have that fear of like, oh, times are bad. I need the money. I need to go get X job. And yes, you have to be responsible and, um, you know, provide for your family and, you know, take some steps to just be responsible. But that doesn't have to be in the same path that everybody else tells you to do it. You know, there are always ways to figure things out. And, um, you know, especially in our marriage, like when we come up with a disagreement, um, usually people think, oh, there's your way or there's his way. And we always believe that, no, there's probably some other third way that we just haven't thought about. And I think the same is true, like with your career and with your job, like, you know, times are bad. You got to get a job. Yeah, that's true. But you don't have to go get the job that everybody's telling you you have to get. There's probably some other option where you can still do what you love and still probably make more money because what we've noticed is people who are truly doing what they love, they love it so much, either they want to work more or their passion causes them to be really successful and they just, they end up making more money, you know? Um, so it's kind of an interesting phenomenon, but I just, I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, yeah. Like for for instance, something, y'all don't know this, but I just <laughs> recently, I've been, um, obviously I've been a flight attendant for a little over a year now. Um, and that's great. But something that I've been thinking about is I miss um, I miss working at Disney. I miss having mm-hmm. the ID. I miss getting to go to the parks for free. I miss the discounts. Yeah. I just miss being a part of it. 
And so um, Sam and I will go eat at Disney mm-hmm. Springs at uh, yeah. the Chef Art's Homecoming Kitchen. And so we were there and oh, I just yeah. asked, um, you know, if they were hiring whatever. And they were. Long story oh, short, cool. I now work as a host at Homecoming oh, wow. Kitchen, which feels wow. like a step backwards. But what I want is mm-hmm. to be able to go to the parks for free, to get my discounts, to yeah. be able to do that. And I found a way yeah. now where yeah. man, they're very flexible with my with my flight mm-hmm. schedule. So they're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, let us know if you want to work. Great. Let us know if you yeah. don't, then that's fine too. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So now <laughs> yeah. I get what I want, which is mm-hmm. I want to be able to go mm-hmm. to Disney World and Disneyland and mm-hmm. Disneyland Paris and you know what I mean? Whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And now I can. So now mm-hmm. while that looks like a step backwards, why is he being a host at mm-hmm. a restaurant? To me, it's not a step backwards. It's a step forward in the direction mm-hmm. that I want to go. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, but I think that's yeah. the thing. If I were concerned with what other people thought, if I was concerned with yeah. how it was going to look to people, then mm-hmm. I would not be doing something that I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's. I think that's a great great spot jonathan to to end it man it's it's so true i think that the regis kelly question as i think i'll have to always call that now is like do you really want it and then just you opening up and saying like live life with gusto yeah like, wear the bright colors like eat the food mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um do the things you know um yeah, yeah and there's Yo, always let me get the let me get, my bible's right here let me get the verse i'll get it for you oh, yeah on. why don't you read it first yeah here it is uh it's ecclesiastes nine verse seven okay. nine verse seven perfect mm-hmm so it says, seize life, eat bread with gusto, drink wine with a robust heart. God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Relish life with a spouse you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each one. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it, and heartily. This is your last and only chance at it, but there's neither work to do nor thoughts to think in the company of the dead, where you're most certainly headed. <laughs> <laughs> Little ominous there at the end, but I was like, oh, okay. Wow, that's that is awesome, man. Is that not that like, is that is amazing. so cool? No, that's great. Yeah. So well, that's I was like, oh, okay, God, I see you. Eat bread with gusto, everyone. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I love to talk. You want me to talk? Whenever. Just let me know. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. You've been listening to How to Fairy Tale. You can find all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to stay up with our show, suggest a guest, or ask us a question, we'd love to hear from you at our Instagram handle, How to Fairy Tale. <laughs>